0: This is an ABC podcast.
1: Find me someone who's never felt insecure in dating or in a relationship before.
2: Uh, Not possible, I don't think. I think we all go through this, right? Like,
1: sorry if you're out there. First of all, I don't believe you. (laughs) If you're listening right now and you're like, nah, I am them.
2: Never felt it. Don't know what you're talking about. DM us if that's you. I dare you.
1: (laughs) I don't believe you it's not real.
2: (laughs) The thing is though, like insecurities and jealousy can happen to even the most confident person. Like it's so normal to have these moments where you question yourself and you start to have this little voice in the back of your head. That's like, you're not good enough or that you're comparing yourself to others. It's really normal. Especially
1: if you've had something happen to you in the past, like maybe someone was disrespectful or cheated on you, or maybe something happened in your childhood or with your parents.
2: Yeah. It's really about how you act on those emotions. And like, if you let that jealousy fester and feed into your personality to the point where you're just a shit person to be around? Doing
1: like a little bit insane things, obsessing over the DMs, like sneakily going through their phones, following them, chatting to people about them behind their back. Like Mm. there's so much that we need to unpack in this episode. But, yeah, we're going to find out is basically jealousy a normal part of a relationship?
2: And can it be really super damaging in the long run? Hint, yes, if you let it go too far.
1: And most importantly... If you are feeling really insecure and jealous, how can you get
2: out of that vibe? All right. Let's get deep. Let's talk about our
1: insecurities. No, I don't want to. Really? You can't make me. I'm trying to think of what mine is. I'm not like worried about other people. I don't get insecure about like who in the DMs. Mm. I am not like, oh my God, your ex. I'm so threatened by them. Mine is like why aren't you talking to me? (laughs) I think. You know what I mean? It's like, I feel insecure when someone's like taking ages to message me back. I feel insecure that I'm going to push people away. I feel like you're too clingy kind of thing. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, we've spoken about this before. Like you've had messages from people and they haven't replied for like three hours and you're like showing me the phone and you're like, what did I say? (laughs) What is happening? And you're like, I did this. Yeah. It's me. I'm the problem. And then we have to like psychoanalyze the text. And usually I'm like, calm down you've talking you off a ledge right. like you've done nothing wrong they've done nothing wrong they're just busy they're just busy people okay shut up what's yours okay fine <laughs> fine um I'm like really insecure about like tone and like I'm really sensitive to somebody's tone of voice whether that's in like a text message or even just in real life like the other day somebody put down like their dinner their dinner plate next to me like that and it was like a bit too loud and I was like are you mad at me? What you, did I do? You are like that. Like, I get really anxious and insecure about whether I've upset somebody or angered them. So, and then I pick it up and I just micro analyze every little move.
1: You've even said it to me. You were like, I thought you were angry at me because I think I put like a full stop at the end of my sentence on a text instead of an exclamation mark.
2: Because the tone <laughs> was, was like- <laughs> different. I picked up on it and I was like, what did I do? Like, I, have I said something? Like, I was really worried about it. So. That's how I feel insecure in relationships. Okay, well,
1: hopefully a lot of people listening right now can relate to our insecurities, but there are so many. It's it's really hard to just like narrow it down to one, mm. but you came to us with so many different types of, of insecurities and experiences that you've gone through or are going through right now. And body image was a huge one.
2: Yeah, Shari Mess us just saying, I'm insecure about my body and I couldn't give the love he wanted because I didn't love myself. Um, Also past sexual experiences. Yeah, Rachel said, I am worried about being more sexually
1: experienced than my ex and having it held against me. And that's why we broke up.
2: This is like a big Pandora's box of insecurity. Like nothing is safe. It can be anything. You know, things like money, power, status. These are all insecurities that you talk to us about as well and even intellect or different career paths which is what Caitlin went through with her ex i'm a flight attendant absolutely love my job but it's not my long-term career um and
3: my ex and his sister are both studying law um and every time i'd get like introduced to people it would just be caitlyn's a flight attendant almost to the point that it would trivialise what I was doing. So I just never really felt good enough for the family, despite the fact that I've done degrees previously, I'm doing a completely different degree now, but it was always like, oh, Caitlin's a flight attendant, end of conversation, moving on. Just made me feel really uncomfortable. And I guess by the end of it,
2: I was constantly just second guessing myself, even though I knew I was good enough, I just never felt I was going to be good enough for any of them. I just know so many people listening have been through this. Like, it's pretty common, right, when you're meeting a partner's family and they're judging you on your career path. Like, if they're real brainiacs, they've all gone to university and you haven't. Feeling so insecure
1: as well when it reflects back on your partner, being like, I wonder if they're thinking this too. Even Mm. though they're reassuring you, it's just like, well, maybe I am not good enough. Maybe you think that as well. Maybe everyone around us thinks that and they're questioning, looking at us together. Why is he with her?
2: I mean, there are so many movies and TVs that explore that plotline as well about like you can't date someone from a different class and it just like feeds into this bullshit that is simply not true. Like you love who you love and that's that. There's also a lot of self-worth issues wrapped up in anxiety as well.
3: After my relationship, my last big, big, big one, um, I felt was like so that I wasn't ever going to find anybody. I'm still single four or five years later. So that's doing great. Makes me feel great. But yeah, that's my biggest insecurity. I'm not going to ever find anyone that's going to ever love me like that again, or I'm worth it. I think for me, it plays out in that I am just always worried that I'm not doing enough for them. Like I'm not being what a good, like a good partner should be, whatever that is defined as in my uh, head. So I just always am, just like uh, not quite sure if I'm doing and like too much or not enough and trying to find that balance and luckily my partner's been really good when it comes to that but i can understand how that level of insecurity can be um challenging at times
1: yeah, it's really hard with mental health because the anxiety just feeds on itself. If you're starting to feel anxious about whether or not you're good enough for your partner or if that you're being quote-unquote too much um, with maybe some of the mental health stuff that's coming up for you, that anxiety can just spiral and spiral and spiral and it just it's so hard to get out of that mindset once you're in it.
2: Yeah, definitely. It is a vicious cycle and like insecurity breeds jealousy, which breeds so much more stuff and we're going to get into it. But originally, Dee, we actually thought – that this episode would be more of like a broad brush approach to insecurities as a whole. But the main themes for you were all about partners being attracted to other people or comparing yourselves to their exes and just like a lot of anxiety around cheating and infidelity.
4: If there's a sense that um, uh, your partner has an interest in something else outside of you, jealousy can come up, right, whether it's an ex-partner or whether it's a work colleague or a friend, um, someone that your partner is interested in can stir up feelings of jealousy.
1: That's Liz Neal. She's a couple's therapist, a psychologist, and she's worked with heaps of clients dealing with this.
4: Also, what can happen is jealousy can also occur when there's a comparison between ourselves and our partner. So, so it takes place both in relation to the way a that a partner is showing attention and interest outside of the relationship as well as a comparison about status or skill or capability
1: so that's kind of the main focus of this episode but obviously you can apply the advice from liz to whatever it is that you're going through it doesn't have to be specifically about i don't know being worried about your partner cheating or being jealous of their exes or their past relationships Sometimes with insecurities and jealousy, it might be a trigger by something that's happened to you from your past.
2: Yeah, that's what happened with Ethan's ex. She suspected that she'd been cheated on in her last relationship and it just took one stupid comment from one of Ethan's mates that triggered this insecurity for her all over again.
0: So I'm a massage therapist uh, and when I was uh, at school to be, like to learn how to become a massage therapist – we had a graduation dinner to like celebrate yeah yeah we're all done whatnot so i had a girlfriend at the time uh and one of the girls in my class who was sitting across from me at dinner said something that she probably shouldn't have uh she turned to my girlfriend and was like how do you feel that uh, everyone at this table has seen your boyfriend without a shirt on and i was like oh that's not necessary because my partner was very insecure so from then on it was just question after question she was like i don't want you talking to her i was like yep i get it uh whenever i was home late either because of work or from like training it was you know who is she are you seeing her and then it was just it started a whole thing but yeah it then got to the point where i was like do you want to look at my dms look at snapchat look at instagram look at facebook just go for it but she uh refused so from that moment on it was like she didn't trust me Uh, and that was, like, trust is a big thing for me. So uh, the moment she started to, like, not trust me, and then I felt like I had to try and jump through hoops just to try and appease her, and then it got to the point where I was like, I'm trying all this and you're not budging. So, yeah, it kind of felt like you're banging your head against the wall to a degree.
1: I feel like I've heard this story and seen it so many times with friends and even people who, you know, message us in our DMs, and Mm -hmm. it's just so sad because, like, for Ethan, it ended up, with their relationship ending.
2: Yeah, and he obviously really tried as well. Like he was really trying to be there for her, but kind of just got the better of them. But Liz says that jealousy and insecurity can really happen anywhere in your past, even from non-romantic relationships.
4: It also can happen even if there have been experiences um, with friends historically where there's been a sense of exclusion or there's been a sense of Um, finding out that, you know, your whole group of friends have organized getting together without you, that sense of insecurity, that fear of rejection or fear of being not included is often going to kind of come out again in the relationship. So it doesn't necessarily have to come from just an intimate partner situation. It can also come from any previous experience of insecurity.
1: And it doesn't necessarily have to just be from your past as well and something's being triggered. It can happen midway through a relationship. Maybe they've had a bit of shady behaviour. Maybe there was something that came up and you were like, hang on, my gut feeling is like not right on this. Maybe they make you feel a little bit more anxious.
4: But then equally, someone can be a completely secure person and, 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 and not have had those experiences at all. But then in a relationship where there's a true sense of detecting an interest outside of the relationship that just doesn't sit right that's also going to lead to feelings of jealousy and that jealousy isn't necessarily a bad thing in that situation because it's like a little kind of alert system it's like something doesn't feel right here I kind of need to check this out I'm telling you Dee no one is safe hate to bring attachment back into Ah!
1: this (laughs) hello my anxious attachment girlies like sometimes you could be secure and then someone will make you anxious attached do you know what I mean? Yes, I do.
2: <laughs> I also want to go back to what Liz was saying about jealousy. I found that really interesting where she wasn't just like, boo, jealousy. She was like, actually, no, this can be a useful tool. Well, that's, I think, one of the biggest questions that we get a lot is, is
1: jealousy normal to feel? Mm. We have a lot of people online, especially people in E&M relationships, um, which is no shade at all. People in the poly community always saying like, no, I don't feel jealous. It's not normal to feel jealous. Mm.
2: Well, that's what we're going to try and answer. Is it normal slash a little bit healthy? Well, as you heard Liz just there, it can be a little bit useful, but she also reckons that in the right context and in moderation, jealousy can be okay. But key factor, it's got to be not over the top.
4: (laughs) I think to some degree, of course, we're going to feel protective of the things that are important to us. And so, if we start to feel as though things don't feel right, and there is an interest that someone has outside of our relationship, there's a there's a there's an expectation of a normal feeling of jealousy. It's kind of like anger. If I go to my car and I see that the car window is smashed, it's appropriate for me to go, "What's going on here? I'm really angry about this, right?" So, so those negative emotions, as much as they're hard to feel, just they they are appropriate. In context, I think the issue is when they are occurring in a hyperactive way, where there's a um, situation that doesn't require the level of jealousy that's occurring. That that then becomes problematic.
1: Like obviously, I'm no expert, but I feel like right now we're in a time where we're trying to embrace emotions. I feel like a lot of the conversations we've been having lately, people are saying, experts are saying that it's about feeling those emotions and not trying to suppress them and escape them and run away from them. And jealousy is an emotion that you can feel or a secondhand emotion.
2: Mm, and it's definitely a byproduct from, if you intend well, like love. So if you love somebody and you notice their head being turned a little bit, of course, you're going to be like a little, oh, like, ah, I'm protective of that thing, like Liz was saying. Like, I don't really want them to do that. But um, I also feel like, again, it's what you do with it. I think it's okay to feel jealousy, but if, yeah, you take it too far, then that's when you're going to get in trouble.
1: Yeah. So how do you know, what are the warning signs that you should look out for to make sure that you haven't tipped over into, what did Liz call it, hyper- Hyper Hyper-reactive. Hyper-reactive.
2: Yeah. So, like, how do you know when your relatively tame or normal feeling of insecurity or jealousy has gone problematic and you- start to act in ways that is like psychotic behaviour.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, Liz says there are a few warning signs to look out for.
4: Insults, right? So things like, um, oh, you know, you think she's good looking, do you? Or that kind of thing, right? Um, so when, when, there's a, when, the, when the jealousy or the insecurity isn't expressed in a balanced way, it can actually become quite accusatory. And so we would know that there's jealousy if there's a sort of an there's an accusation that's kind of being implied when something is said. Um, it can also happen when someone assumes that their partner's not attracted to them, and they try and get a lot of reinforcement about that. Um, and it can kind of also occur when people are grilling their partner about what they've did or why were you late or what do you mean? Or, um, you know, I don't really believe you that you missed the bus. Like what what were you actually doing? Again, there's a sense of suspicion that goes on. Um, And then even kind of more extreme is accusing a partner of lying when there isn't actually any evidence to suggest that they're lying.
1: A huge warning sign that Liz said is going through your partner's phone.
2: Yeah, so emails, messages, whatever you can get your hands on. It is such a big thing for me and it goes back to a past experience where an ex of mine went through my phone while I was passed out of sleep and I woke up in the middle of the night. They were gone, their bag was gone, and I was like, what is going on? And I remember getting my phone, texting them, and I was like, where'd you go? Like, are you okay? What's happening? And they replied straight away and they were like, I went home. And I was like, why? And they were like, I went through your phone and I found things I didn't like. And I was like... Oh, no. Like, it was really, like, earth-shattering to me because I had done nothing wrong and they found a message, like, in my DMs and they basically accused me of being, like, flirty and, like, entertaining something with, like, this guy and... It just wasn't the case. That makes me feel sick because it, yeah, it you're
1: asleep. You're asleep, and someone's going through your phone. Yeah, my biggest thing is my phone. I've got a privacy screen on my phone, and Peter always has a got me for it. <laughs> I am that girl. I have a privacy screen. You
2: should not be looking at my phone. I will never give my passcode to anyone. I'll never give passwords to anyone I date as well. Like, would you ever do that? I know people do that, but I'm never going to do that. I feel
1: like I would just based off of like not being like, here's my passcode. But I feel like if you're with someone and you're just like on each other's phones or showing stuff and all that, like, hey, what's the passcode when you're in a different room and you're like, hey, it's Mm. like, I wouldn't be like, I'm not telling you. Cause to me would be shady, but yeah, I'm just like, don't go through. That would be for me like the biggest deal breaker. I'm like, don't go through my messages. Don't go through my phone it should you should organically have a level of trust
2: yeah 100% if you love them and you trust them then you're not going to worry about it if you don't then and also you're always going to find something you are never not going to find something especially if you're intending to find something and then you misinterpret like or you your brain just tells you like what you want to hear which is what i think happened with this person like i think they saw it and they went great this is what i was looking for all my creepy searching while you're asleep was not in vain And now I'm justified for doing this and for literally leaving you without telling you. Like it was crazy. Sorry,
1: but find me someone that's gone through someone's phone and hasn't found something that made them feel like shit. You will always, guaranteed, find something that will make you feel like absolute shit. Mm.
2: It's just a huge violation and I'm so not into it at all.
1: Like I mentioned before with Ethan, if you do take it too far and it becomes this... I don't know, obsession over not trusting your partner and going through the phone or worrying about who they're talking to or saying that they can't be friends with this person anymore, it can be super destructive and dangerous to your relationship. Like Ethan's relationship ended over that.
2: Yeah, and Liz says that it can really hit deep at someone's character, which does have a really long-lasting impact on a relationship. It
4: it affects a relationship because it implies that someone is doing something in a really kind of misleading and menacing way right? So that there's a, it it implies that someone has no integrity. Um, In some situations, that's right. And that's appropriate. And, and, and certainly when there is a big infidelity, um, it's appropriate to kind of say, you know, this, this is, this is that fits, but probably for the most part, people aren't acting in those misleading ways. So it's, it's implying that the person is 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 lacking in values and that's going to be very damaging for the relationship.
2: I know it doesn't sound like a big thing, but these kind of implications, if you leave them unchecked or unchallenged, they can just start to unravel what you think is like as a core part of your value system, like whether it's trust or honesty. And yeah, I think we know from doing this show and talking to a lot of experts that, When you, like, add up all the little things, it can just turn into, Mm. like, a massive thing. It's like a domino effect.
1: I just think it's like you're automatically just going to feel shit.
2: Yeah. No one wants to
1: feel like... I'm like, in... in What's it called? In conclusion. In conclusion. (laughs) Thank you for coming to my TED Talk. In conclusion... What people said that you're going to feel like shit. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, completely. You're so right. And you know what? It also does rub off on the other partner as well because um, the person who's not feeling insecure or jealous can start to just retaliate and that just brings up the tension even more and causes more fights.
4: The whole relationship conversation becomes all centred around this detective work trying to catch the partner out for something that they potentially haven't done. Um, And so you cannot rub off Um, if a partner perceives, you know, if someone perceives their partner to be checking someone else out at dinner, then they might um, take on that kind of behavior as well in a kind of a retaliation way. And I've certainly heard couples say or people say, like, I don't even know what's happened to me, but I'm doing the same things. That has annoyed me that my partner is accusing me of doing because I'm just kind of like I, I I'm I'm doing the same thing like I'm giving it back in the same way so it certainly can rub off in a in a, yeah as in a way of almost like retaliation.
1: I also think it can impact not just your relationship but your relationships' relationships. Like for example, I had a really really good friend. We were friends for like ten years nearly, and he got a new girlfriend and now we're not friends at all. He doesn't talk to me. He's completely cut me out of his life and it's so, so hurtful. And this was something that you experienced as well because Brooke got in touch with us to tell us about how she's completely devastated because she lost her best mate to his girlfriend being jealous and insecure over their friendship.
3: Um, my best friend of five years recently got into a relationship. So um, during, so they've been together now about a year and throughout that, our contact was being limited, so, um, you know, we were calling each other, and t- um, you know, almost daily and going out to dinner once a week, and I started noticing that getting less and less, and I didn't realise what was actually happening, but she was putting in time restrictions and he wasn't allowed to communicate or see me anymore, um, she just couldn't get past the facts that we, as male and female, could be friends and not sleeping together. She'd never even been in the same space as him and I together. She wouldn't. She refused. Even after a year on, she refused to meet me. Um, she believed that our bond was so strong that he could not possibly share a connection with her. She, he, she just infatuated by me. She, when they um, they did split once in the last 12 months and she wrote a seven-page letter on how insecure she was because I was his friend. Um, he bailed on my birthday dinner like there was just so many red flags and now it's he finally took her side and it's him um, and her. and I have missed out completely. Sorry,
1: normalize. Opposite sex friends being friends. Like,
2: just because I'm a guy, you're a guy, I'm a girl, like, doesn't mean that we can't be friends. Yeah, no, I completely agree. And it's (sighs) so hard because you can tell that Brooke was really upset by this. But it's also, like, we were saying before, like, jealousy and insecurity can just drive you to literally psychotic behavior. Like, sending that seven page letter to just be like, what was she saying? What was she saying in that? Like, sorry that I um am dating your best friend, but, like, now you're not a part of our lives and this is why. Like, no. Oh, it's so frustrating. Okay, so if
1: you're listening mm. and you're like, okay, I don't want to admit it because Pip and D will yell at me because <laughs> they went on a whole tangent about going through people's phones. But I went through my partner's phone. And I'm feeling a little bit insecure and I'm feeling a little bit jealous and maybe it's got to do with stuff in my past, which is totally valid and totally fine. And we're sorry. We're not yelling at you.
2: No, we're not yelling at you. Sorry. We're just yelling at what happened. It wasn't at you. We love you because you're here. You're at the part of the podcast where we're trying to help you. So exactly. We made it this far. We can tell you want to change. So now let's
1: do that. Let's figure out how can we get out of these habits? How can we get out of those feelings Mm. that are driving us to make us a little bit like borderline um, you know like not on the not on the healthy side of jealousy You know, yeah
2: it is actually really hard to just stop these feelings full stop um it's kind of like telling somebody stop being sad when they're depressed like it's not helpful at all there is a lot of work you do need to do but we asked liz what are the very first steps you can take to start making these changes
4: yeah so first thing is to really recognize that it's happening um, and often when we recognize it's happening, the automatic thing with certainly with the pe- person who's feeling insecure is to recognize it's going that's that they're feeling insecure and perhaps jealous, but usually what happens is that they go to their partner, grilling them, interrogating them to find out the truth, and that doesn't work because their person on the receiving end of that is going to get really defensive and feel attacked and 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 focus on defending themselves. So rather than like charging at the partner and doing, you know, when you start, if, if you're picking up your partner's phone and looking through it, like that's an indication, I'm really insecure here. This is going to be destructive. And so instead of acting out in that way, the important thing is to kind of go within really and reflect on weighing up what are the cues that I'm perceiving that is, Draw, leaving me to draw the conclusion that something's going on that's not right with my partner, and then kind of weighing up. Okay, so is a heart emoji to an ex? Does that mean that they haven't stopped having feelings for them, or could it just be that my partner is such a nice person that they're just really nice and friendly and they still care about their ex, but they don't have feelings anymore? So. It's being really willing to weigh up the meaning that is lying behind those cues that are perceived, like text messages or communication with the next or a glance at, at an attractive other person. I was trying to find out could there could I be wrong about the story I've created about what that means? Um, and then once that's kind of weighed up, then really being able to open the conversation that with a partner Um, although that's going to be a really difficult thing if that reflection process hasn't occurred. I
1: think that point is really important obviously figuring out what's going on for you maybe where this is coming from and then you should be able to in a healthy relationship bring that up with your partner and talk to them about it like for example for me feeling insecure about not getting replies for hours has come from a traumatic experience in my past where someone would go days without talking to me. So if I was in a relationship, I would say to that person, hey, look, I might get a little bit like needy. I might get a little bit clingy. I might need you to reply mm. or just not go a wall for me because of X, Y, Z in my past. And if your partner really cares about you, they'll know that this is a trigger for you and be like, I'm going to reassure you. I'm going to do X, Y, Z. I'm going to be conscious of that and know that your behavior towards me isn't coming from a place of like, I don't know. Do
2: you know what I mean? Yeah, no, totally. And I think you're right. Like the partner can meet you halfway on this easily if they do love you and all that. It's about reframing how you think about this insecurity and jealousy that you're going through and just communicating a lot. And yeah, Liz said that's pretty much exactly what partners can do on their end.
4: If I detect my partner to be suspicious of me, my automatic thing is to want to defend myself and sort of view their them as having the problem you know the problem is that you're jealous and that's like that's your craziness kind of thing and obviously that isn't going to help the situation it's going to make them feel um more insecure so in a really strong relationship where you're stable within yourself being able to find out what the where the insecurity comes from and hopefully you know about your partner so you might already know and this is what I see again in couples therapy where, where where couples can be really supported in this way and there's a sense of, I know that you were cheated on by your ex. I understand that and that makes sense to you, to me. And I want you to know that I'm not going to do that to you. Um, so it's real about re- really about reassurance. Some people are really willing to say, hey, look, you can open, have a look at my social media. That's fine. Go through it all. Read every single message I've sent to my friend. Um, we can do it together and I can kind of explain why I might have sent this particular thing at that point in time. So transparency is really key. Um, uh, Validation of the insecurity, but reassurance that it's not a problem is really key. But again, as as I say, that's really hard if someone is feeling attacked. It's hard to be reassuring and validated if we're feeling like we need to defend ourselves.
2: Yeah, like if my partner at the time had expressed any anxiety or insecurity about me talking to other people online and him not knowing and like just being worried that my head was going to be turned by somebody else. If he had brought that up and I could have been like, no, that's fine. But also thank you for telling me I'm going to be like really conscious of that and make sure that I would never do anything to worry you or put you in a headspace that where you're thinking about it could have saved both of us a lot of, you know, pain in that moment where... (laughs) they fled yeah. and, you know like I didn't know what I had done and, then and just was, someone
1: violating yeah. your trust by going through your phone at the same time it's yeah. like being able to talk about this but then yeah like we've been saying sometimes you end up in a place in your head where you can't help but act out in these ways and so much of it comes from such deep-rooted trauma from your past like you know Liz has been saying like being cheated on which is so painful so if chatting about it to your partner isn't enough what do you do then?
4: Yeah, and so obviously if there's been trauma, you know, it, the, the trauma needs to be addressed. Um, how that gets addressed, you know, often it is through individual therapy. Um, I think that if there's been um, insecurity that has formed from other challenging relationships or experiences, you know, whatever the source of the insecurity is, um, working on that individually, and I think... Um, Quite often, you know, I will say to people, like, rather than being tied to your your emotional response, being tied to what your partner does or doesn't do, like, there needs to be some element of separateness, where you've got your own values, you need to know what they are. And if your partner truly crosses the line with those, then then that's something to be dealt with as well. And you might decide, I don't want to be with someone who I'm constantly jumping at shadows with. I'm constantly feeling like something's not right. I'm constantly noticing looks at other people, making me feel insecure. And, and you've got to start to question, like, if that can't change, we can't talk about it, then, and, and, I, and I, or perhaps I'm overreacting in those situations. Maybe I can work on that. I can work on myself. They can work on them. Or maybe we need to question, you know, is this the right relationship in the end? That is that is the
2: truth. The truth. The hard truth of it that all. That was hard to hear. Yeah. And you knew this bit was coming.
1: I knew it because I spoke to Liz. <laughs> <laughs> and I still am sitting there hearing that and going, because at what point do you decide that? I guess when you have spent months and months and months going around in circles.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: No one deserves. I think I saw a TikTok once and the girl was like, I was told by my ex that I was crazy and psycho and I was so like unhinged and anxious in my relationship and then I thought that was me and I thought that was just who I was as a person in relationships and then she was like, but now I'm in a really healthy relationship and a new one and I feel so secure and so like, Mm. yeah, I feel like so supported and reassured by my partner. It's like actually I wasn't all of those things. My ex just made me feel that way.
2: Yeah, sometimes it's like seasonal, like these kind of like – Highs and lows that you go through with your mental health, and yeah, in this case, as Liz is saying, maybe it is time to call it off if the conversations just become completely
4: focused on the the these scenarios, and you're no longer kind of having fun as much. And there's the the you know they're problem centered conversations. So every time you get together, you know it turns into a problem focused conversation. If you can't get out of that, you might start to to question like, uh, are we really enjoying this? Maybe we're not. Um, Maybe we need to have a little bit of a break and then sort of feel, see how we feel.
2: Okay, pit. Reflection time. Reflection time. Love to do this at the end. Your Um, pit, your peak. (laughs) The highs, the lows. What did you learn? This is such a tricky topic because I think that um, gaslighting is definitely a thing that can happen with people, especially when they're noticing their partner act in a certain way or if they're like secretive with their phone. Like, I think we made it clear and I think Liz made it clear, like, suss it out, figure it out. But if they are shutting you down constantly and you still have like a weird gut feeling about it, like, I don't know. It's hard to know whether to pursue that or not or if you are overreacting. So I think like the main takeaway for me is like really like focus on yourself and do the work and that self healing to figure out are you the kind of person that is insecure because something happened with your friends in your childhood or your parents like um, treated you in some sort of way and you've brought that into this relationship. Talk to your friends about it as well because they probably know you the best or a therapist.
1: Yes. My my biggest advice is um if you can get professional help. It has helped me so much with my triggers and insecurities in relationships and dating because it's like I don't want to put that on other people. They don't need to deal with that. Yeah. so yeah if that's possible you can do so much work in a professional environment as well
2: as per usual please keep in touch with us on our instagram at triple j the hookup or you can email us the hookup at abc.net.au with anything you want to say yeah
1: if there's something that you learned from this episode or there's something that you think that we missed or maybe you want to give us some feedback let us know we'd love to hear it we love to hear from you we just love you
2: and we'll see you next time so true bestie <laughs> bye, bye.